Hey guys, and welcome to the Youth Ministries podcast. We're so glad that you're here, and and we want to say thank you for taking the time to tune in. Today, we're going to be releasing the second portion of a conversation that I had with Brother Dylan Morgan. Back in early March, we had the opportunity to sit down, and it was a great time. But if you were here a couple of weeks ago and you heard that episode, you know that the content was geared more specifically toward student pastors and youth ministry. But today, we asked Brother Dylan Morgan to address our students in particular. If you're not a student, don't worry, you don't have to click away. You're going to be blessed today as well. But we wanted to have something that was specifically for young people. And so if you are a student in a youth group, uh, today you're in, in for a treat and we're excited for what we're going to share today. Before we get to it, I just want to say a couple of things. First of all, if you have not taken the time and and had the opportunity to check out Brother Dylan Morgan's podcast called Generations, I encourage you to go at your earliest convenience and check it out. It's a powerful podcast. And basically what he's doing is he's sitting down via Zoom right now with two guest speakers per episode that are from different generations. And so, for example, a few months ago, I sat down on a Zoom call with my dad and Brother Morgan interviewed us, and so we had a great time on that episode. His most recent episode is with Brother Aaron Bounds and his youth pastor, Cody Updegrave. And so again, two different generations. It's really powerful. It's a great podcast, and you should check it out. Available on Facebook, YouTube, and all the major podcast platforms. Also, I want to just remind you that we are transitioning here on the Youth Ministries podcast to a two-episode-per-month release schedule, and that officially is happening next month, the month of August. And so the first Tuesday of every month, you're going to have an episode that is for youth pastors and youth ministry. And then on the third Tuesday of every month, we have an episode coming out that is specifically focused on young people. And so if you are a youth pastor, I would encourage you to let your young people know that they can subscribe to this podcast for monthly content specifically geared toward them. But without further ado, I don't want to waste any more time today. We want to get into the episode with Brother Morgan. He's going to be challenging our students today, and we do hope that you enjoy. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Youth Ministries podcast. This is Matt Woodward. It is an honor to have you on the show today, and I am so excited to have a new, but I would say a great friend of mine, uh, Brother Dylan Morgan. He's with us for this episode today. Brother Morgan, why don't you greet our listeners today? Hey everyone, uh, it's it's great to be here and uh, great to be with my, like he said, new but uh, great friend, Matt Woodward, and uh, excited to be here and and just kind of see where this takes us. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, I think you said we, we met a little bit back at a Because of the Times a few years ago in passing. Yeah. But I feel like the, just this past Wednesday, it's Monday now, but uh, this past Wednesday we got connected a little bit more and spent a few days together, so... Yeah. Drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> we, did, we did drink a lot of coffee. A lot of caffeine has been consumed this week. <laughs> we are in Canada, so of course, a lot of Tim Hortons. Absolutely. A few Canadian maple donuts, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so today, you know, the purpose of this episode is we want to be able to speak to the students that are listening. And the way that we're going to frame this, and I've already prefaced uh, Brother Morgan a little bit, um, giving him a heads up, kind of the, 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 the way we're going to go about this. But I asked him to think about in all of the years that he's been growing up in church and the past few years as he's been on the evangelistic field preaching, um, what is something that God has deposited in his spirit that he feels is one of the uh, most important messages or words that God has given him for this generation? 
And so I'm going to relinquish the next few moments, the next uh, probably about 10 or 15 minutes of this podcast episode. And he's going to share what he feels is that premier or most important thing that God has given to him for this generation. And so, bro, take it away. Uh, absolutely. Um, so I, I kind of want to talk about how this was was birthed, actually, and then we'll get into it. I was uh, living in, in Louisiana at the time and working at a church there. And um, I remember I was sick for about five days and uh, felt like I, I, I couldn't do anything but lay around. And um, the Lord really started working me over with this subject um, and started really dealing with me about about Paul and Silas. And the pastor I was working uh, for at the time, he called me. He's like, hey, I want you to preach Sunday. And I'm sitting here like, man, I can't even breathe, uh, you know. And uh, he and, said— And how old were you at this time? Uh, I would have been I would have been 19. Okay. Yeah, I got you. So it was uh, it was probably four years ago, and um, and the Lord just really, really started dealing with me about this subject, and it's something that I've probably preached just about everywhere that I go, any opportunity that I have, and uh, it it comes from Acts sixteen, a very familiar passage of scripture, and uh, if it's all right, I'm just going to read it, uh, start at verse number sixteen, and just read down for a few verses, and it says uh, Acts sixteen and sixteen, and it came to pass as we went to prayer. A certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These are men, uh, servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of the Lord Jesus to come out of her. And he came out the same hour, and her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone. They caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them unto the magistrates, saying, These men being Jews, do an exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither observe being Romans. Uh, verse number 22, and this is where I'm really going to focus. It says, And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. And this is the part that uh, everybody here is probably going to know. And it's at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. I can uh, say when I was really getting into this and, and starting to uh, have this develop in my spirit, um, we, we all go through things and we all have struggles. We all have battles. Um, and <clears throat> the, the enemy, as the Bible says, is as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. And uh, you can see at the very beginning of what I read that there was a lady following Paul and Silas that was that was after them uh, by charge of the magistrates of the city, and uh, they put all of their hope in this in this one thing, hoping that uh, this lady could cause them to maybe get so frustrated that they would seize in their teaching or seize in their walk or seize in what they were doing. Um, and one of the main points that I try to bring out in this is that the Bible says it was a spirit of divination that met them. And uh, divination is something in and of itself. But what the Lord really wanted me to focus on as I begin uh, to see this was is actually the prefix of the word um, is D-I-V. And it, it, it what uh, brings the words like divorce, divisive, uh, divide. 
So what I feel like this spirit and 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 what this this lady was really trying to do uh, was cause a spirit of disunity to enter into Paul and Silas's life, and and cause them to stop attaching themselves to to what they were doing and what they were a part of and their focus for this city and. Um, one thing that I try to bring out and I try to make uh, very prevalent when I preach this is if there's one thing that I feel that, uh, that, that the enemy can always trying to do with students, with, with peer groups at my age, and, and is this, uh, if he can get you in and, and get you to dislodge yourself from, from the body, uh, young people that are going through the same struggles that you're going through, fighting the same thing you're fighting, because it was Paul and Silas that was warring against this spirit. So I feel like maybe they were able to draw from one another's strength in this season of irritation. And as they were going through this irritation and everything, they were able to walk together and they did not let that, that spirit cause strife in between them or bitterness in between them. They just kept going until finally, uh, one day they're like, man, we, we have enough. We we've had enough. And Paul turns to the spirit and uh, he he cast this thing out, um, and and when he cast this spirit out, the her master saw that her, their hope was gone. At that point, they knew that because they couldn't get them to seize because of irritation or seize because of the consistency of this this uh, this spirit that this lady that was trying to drive them away and drive them apart. Their next step in that was this. Uh, he said that he, he he was going to beat them. He he rent their clothes and and then started the process um, that we all pretty know well. And and it's it, it's the it's what Paul and Silas went through. The Bible says in verse number twenty two, and he commanded to beat them. Uh, verse number twenty three. It says that they laid many stripes uh, stripes upon them, and. As I began to read this and as the Lord began to develop this in me, that's when I started to realize this is that, you know, the, us as students, we're probably never going to have to uh, endure a physical whipping post uh, where, where we're at in our walk with God and, and, and where, where we live. What um, We probably aren't going to have to lay over the whipping post and feel that physical fight. Um, but the Lord really began to work on me. He said, but there's an all out war of the flesh. And that that's what it, it, it represents in our day is is a fleshly battle that we're going through temptations, um, you know, things that 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 we fight every day when we get when we wake up. Um, you know, that's why Paul said we have to die daily because there are daily uh, battles of the flesh. And, and you know what your fight is better than I do as the listener. You know what your, your physical fleshly battle is every day. I know it's different for everybody. Not everybody's fighting the same thing. Um, but nevertheless, we are all fighting something in the flesh, uh, temptations and, 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 and thoughts that we just can't believe. Um, and, and, but, but it didn't stop there. Uh, and, and maybe you've been able to overcome the fleshly temptations that you're going through. But the next level is the Bible says in um, verse number 24 that, that the jailer had received a charge to keep them safely. And when he received that charge, he thrust them into the inner 
prison. And so the Lord again began to work me over. He's like, you may not have to go into a deep, dark, dungy prison prison um, by yourself, but um, you, you know, there, there, there is a, a 21st century representation of that. And, and this is what I felt the Lord revealed unto me. And that that's the battle of the mind. And I feel like probably more than anything, this end time fight for students, for me, for you, for anybody is probably a mental battle. Um, there's a reason that antidepressants are at an all time high. Uh, anxiety medication is at an all-time high that that probably more than ever that, that I, I'm seeing personally that it seems there's a lot more suicidal thoughts that are coming through through uh, students minds and it's just like you know that inner prison fight where where we're in that dark place we feel you know like like there's not a hope because of our mind and 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 we're fighting the anxiety and we're fighting the depression and we're fighting those thoughts of we're not good enough we're fighting those thoughts of uh can we really be used by god is there really something beyond this because of the mental battle uh, that, that we all go through and, and it's real and it's heavy. And one of the things I always try to relay is you're not, you're not going crazy. You're not losing your mind, you know, uh, to, to every listener that may be going through that mental battle. It's, it's not just you. It's, it's this fight that I feel is like it's, it's the end time war of the mind. It's what we're going through in what, and what I, I heard brother Woodward say this week, the last of the last days he's fighting against our minds. Um, and then, and then beyond that, it's like once you're you're in that fight of your mind, the Bible says that he put them in stocks and bonds. He put them in in those chains. And it seems like that when you get to that battle of the mind, that the next step into that is spiritual condemnation. Um, and, and, and one of the things I always try to point out is there's a big difference between conviction and condemnation. We all need conviction because conviction says, hey, you've got to get back to that altar. That's where your salvation is at. But spiritual condemnation is when you get this uh, thought process. What I've done is too great for me to make it back to the altar. That's the defining difference between conviction and condemnation. And, and I think sometimes we may blur that line when we're feeling that tug. Maybe it's bringing us to the altar, not so much away but after you've entered into that mental battle, it seems to me that the next step into that is spiritual condemnation. I've fallen too great. I've made too many mistakes. I, I've made too many failures. And um, I, I want to say this, and I, I just kind of feel prompted to, there's never a mistake that you can make or a fall that you can take to where the blood of Calvary can't run down find you right where you're at and be that saving grace. The blood still works right Amen. here, right now. Amen. And, uh, and, and so the last bit of all of that is, is yes, they were beaten. Yes, they were whipped. Yes, they had gone into the inner prison. Yes, they were bound in stocks and bonds. But where I feel for me that the greatest mistake of those rulers of that time, of that enemy of that time is this, is that they put them in a prison together. 
And it was that that spirit of togetherness, although they were weak, although they were they were they were beaten, although they were in a deep, dark place, and, and you could be there today, is this understanding is that if we can just keep coming together with the students that are in that fight, if we can keep coming together with our leaders that have maybe uh, had those victories and are going to feed us strength when we get into the house of God or when we get to that youth service. And one of the things I point out is, is it's not always a service where we're going to draw strength from. Sometimes it's just having a game night. Sometimes it's just meeting and drinking coffee and being able to say, hey, you're there, I'm there, we're in this fight together. And then Paul and Silas, Bible says, we all know they begin to sing praises unto the Lord. And as they begin to sing those praises, it was that unity, it was that togetherness, it was that we're hurt, it was that we've gone through a fight, but you know what? I'm with Paul and I and Paul's with Silas. So they joined together in that moment of weakness because at the very, very beginning, they won the fight, in my opinion, because they weren't allowing themselves to get separated from the body. And if you can keep yourself coming, even when it's not the easiest thing, even when it's not the most convenient thing, but you're like, I've got to make it to youth service. I've got to make it to Sunday service. I've got to make it to that, that midweek prayer or that, that time of fellowship with, with somebody in like faith. That's when you can come together, draw strength and realize I'm not alone in this. And that's when Paul and Silas begin to pray, begin to sing praises. And the Bible says, and suddenly that, that suddenly it's at an unexpected moment sometimes. And that's why I say, it's not always going to be at that massive breakthrough service or the youth convention but nevertheless, it can happen there. But sometimes it's just uh, like you and I are here today drinking coffee. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, we begin to talk and, and we can relate to one another and say, man, we're in this together yeah. and draw strength from one another. And we come out with, with freedom. We come out with victory. And here's the beautiful part. It wasn't just for them. Everybody beside them enjoyed that victory that day all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loose and they even were able to minister to that man that that was going to kill himself because of what they had gone through you don't know what you coming out and how it's going to be able to save somebody else in that moment right so for me I felt like that was the word that God had truly given me um, for anybody that's 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 fighting is stay together. I think that's one of the big reasons why um, NAYC is so impactful for me because I get into that arena and I'm like, man, I'm not alone in this. There's there's you know thousands of other people around my age group that are in this with me and one of the things i take away from it is when i'm driving down the road alone or when i'm when i'm teaching to a smaller youth group or when i go to my home church is this is we're together right we're, we're, there's a spirit of togetherness and and that's and that's that's what i feel that's what i wanted to relay today about what i feel the lord had truly given me yeah, no, I think that's great, man. And just to kind of summarize, I guess, everything that you just shared, you know, walking back through that story a little bit, you've got that woman um, with that spirit of divination, which, you know, symbolizes that that 
the the spirit of division, the right. enemy trying to pull us apart, the whipping post, that was the battle of the flesh. You've got that inner prison. That's the battle of our minds. We can be held in prisons of our minds. Absolutely. And the stocks and bonds, that represents condemnation. So, you, you know, you've obviously touched on unity, and I think that's the main takeaway uh, from kind of what God has laid on your heart. Um, so I, I think facing the prison together uh, perhaps allowed them to see the outcome that they did. Absolutely. And and maybe, you know, had they been split apart or maybe been disenfranchised with one another and somehow got separated along the journey and they were in that prison cell by themselves, maybe the outcome is different. Absolutely. Maybe they don't draw the strength one from another and they don't sing and lift their voices together. So, you know, I, I guess unity is a main uh, theme here in this discussion. So practically, you've grown up in church. You've been a part of right. at least one, maybe a, a couple of youth groups, whatever. Uh, I know you've been involved in youth leadership. What are some ways that students, not so much from a leadership perspective, but how students can foster uh, that spirit of unity in a youth group? What can they do to basically help their leadership to make sure that there isn't a faction or schisms? Or let's just have a discussion about um, the student's role, I guess, in in keeping that unity. Um, absolutely. I think that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think one of the first things that that comes to mind um, is is being there for one another as students. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say this that uh, I, I know sometimes it's it's a lot more beneficial for them to be able to to be able to be open with a peer and feel like they have that that unity and that safety with one another where they can be like, man, this is what I'm going through and not feel that, that judgment, not feel that, well, bro, I can't believe you're doing that. Or, or, well, I can't believe you're going through that. Um, you know, uh, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you show love one to another, right? That atmosphere of love, uh, it is so, is so important. I think on a practical basis for students to try to create throughout one another, it's, it's this, not so much developing the cliques or or the groups where this is just who I run with, but but trying to be there as much as you can um, for the student that sits across from you that maybe you didn't ride there with, or maybe you're not always uh, the closest to, but just doing your best to try to connect and and be there for the entire group. Yeah, I think you know I'm a youth pastor currently, and I think one of the recurring challenges that we can see in any youth group, but certainly I've seen it in, in ours here locally, is it's so easy to go to, you know, the people that you're comfortable with, the people you're familiar with. And um, sometimes I'll, I'll walk into a space or into a room and I'll, you know, I'll intentionally try to break up. It's like, yeah. hey, hey, let's let's go in and find somebody that we don't know. Or, you know, if you don't know somebody's story or you don't know somebody's name, certainly go and introduce yourself. And and the reality is we, we tend to just, consistently just human nature go back to what is comfortable. Absolutely. And so I think, you know, if, if you're a student listening today, I think it's important to always try to spur yourself or allow, you know, the challenge of a leader leader to spur you to break out of that comfort zone, Absolutely. to be the person, as you said, that's willing to walk across the room. And that could be in the church context, but also in, let's say, a school context Absolutely. or, you know, uh, be the person willing to go and find somebody that's maybe sitting in front of their locker. They look alone, lonely, forlorn, whatever. Just be that connector. Be be that connect point um, and show love. And Absolutely. 
And that takes intentionality. That is not going to happen. No, just- you, ha- you have to be intentional in, in thinking, you know, this is bigger than me. This mm-hmm. is bigger than just just me as a person. And I'm going to do my best to to be there for whomever I can be there for, Who, whoever whoever needs me. That That's who I want to be there for. And that's really the heart of a minister. That's the heart of a servant. Absolutely. That's the heart of Christ, right? Being moved with compassion for people and loving on people. Um Oh, I was going to say this, um, you know, I, I know for me, some of the most valuable moments, and I know I'm, I'm from a leadership perspective, but I think that this crosses the, the boundaries of leadership into, you know, lay ministry and just being a part, a saint of God, being a part of a church. Some of the most important moments for me are like the 15 to 20 minutes just prior to a service. And, and you, you make the rounds through the room. Yeah, yeah. Again, that takes intentionality. Uh, it would be much I guess, easier, perhaps more comfortable to stay in the office, to go and sit in my seat and right. to just, you know, uh, I don't know, get in the zone if I'm speaking or, or just, again, it's comfortable to just go and kind Absolutely. of be around the, the, the people you're familiar with or be alone. But I make myself as, as often as I possibly can work the room, move around, find somebody I don't know. And, and I'll tell you, like Bible studies have come out of those moments uh, relationships, coffee, you know, uh, grabbing a Timmy's and, <laughs> and just talking about life, talking about God with people. Um, it, so much has come from just like those, those 10, 15 minutes prior to a service. And I will also say just, just after service, I've heard many people say, uh, I, I can't remember who told me this before, but I remember a pastor telling me that, you know, so much of his pastoring, uh, is done like the five minutes post dismissal of a service, right? Because uh, again, I can't remember who it was, but but this particular person said they would go back by the the back door, and as people were leaving, a handshake, a little word, you know, just uh, a little, just a smile and a little encouragement. Absolutely, he said those five minutes after each service probably saved me hours in the counseling room <laughs> because you know you're able to just be there for people and and foster that connection. So. Um, yeah, being an intentional uh, person to to walk across the room—that's very important. I would I would say. So uh, another little point of discussion from from what you shared today, um, it is it is that Paul and Silas, they were standing up for God. They they were bold. They refused to sit down, be quiet, and ultimately their boldness for God landed them in a sticky situation. Uh, certainly not a preferable situation. And they faced difficulty because they were willing right. to follow the will of God. Um, and so I, I guess, and ultimately that difficult season allowed them to minister to somebody in need. And so God was in it. But why don't you go ahead and share with us the importance of difficult seasons um, and being willing to not reject them, to push against them, but to embrace them and realize that God is somewhere at work in the background of this season and if you have a personal story, uh, something that you've had to walk through, that maybe it was difficult in the moment, but you look back now and you say, you know what, God was in that, and and I'm better now because of the difficulty. So just, I guess, opening this discussion, why don't you uh, just share the importance of difficult seasons? Absolutely. So I, as you were as you were asking that question, I think the first biblical story that kind of came to my mind uh, is the story of Joseph. Um, you know, he receives this dream, and he goes and he shares it. And in that season of being excited about his calling, 
uh, it almost created uh, this rejection among his brethren. Yeah. And, um, and through that, you know, we all know the story. He encountered the pit first and, and thinking that those that, 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 uh, that love you um, are the ones that, that caused that hurt. I can only imagine uh, for him the mental battle that was going on right there. You know, these are my friends. These are my brothers. This, these are the people that, and uh, and that, and that's where a lot of hurt can form. But one thing that I really appreciated about Joseph, and I, and this is not uh, revelatory, but it's just his stay with it attitude. I'm not going to let go of what I have in my mind, that vision, that dream, that that higher calling. And everybody has a calling, no matter if it's the pulpit, no matter if it's the keyboard or the drum set, no matter if it's a Bible study teacher, or as we were just talking about being intentional about connecting with that, that's a calling. Uh, some is, people yeah. are very gifted with that, be, being able to be uh, relational with people. I can tell you that's something I have to work on, but he had that calling and through every stumbling block through the journey, he was able to hold on to that. I'm meant for more. God's calling me to greater. And, and that saw him, that saw him through all of it. That was one of the things I believe that kept Paul and Silas together was they kept the purpose in the center. Mm-hmm. If you ever allow the purpose to come out of focus, it's easy to let go. Yeah. But if you keep that purpose that that God has has dropped in your spirit, in your heart, in your mind, you're thinking about it, then it keeps that drive. I know it's difficult, but I have a purpose. I know it's hard, but I have a purpose. Um, I can say for myself, probably uh, one of the most formidable moments for me um, was was I, I was I was uh, 17 turning 18 entering into this new season of life where I had left home um, I, I was going on staff at a church um, and and that that feeling of loneliness was so weighty on me um, felt like I didn't have the connection with friends felt like I didn't really know how to fit in I moved from uh, Southern California millions of people to a very small town of 13,000. Wow. Where Walmart was the most happening thing in the city. <laughs> and I was used to hours and hours of traffic. Uh, a 45 minute drive could quickly turn into two hours and to where getting stuck behind a John Deere was the most traffic jam that I was going <laughs> to see at that moment. That's awesome. So in that season, I, I'm by myself. I'm learning how to live life without the comfort of my family that's where God was starting to draw me into that formidable moment where I, I could, it was like I could physically feel myself being put on that potter's wheel and his hand, that, that master potter's hand reached down into my life and he just started shaping me and molding me. And I don't want to present it as I'm not on the wheel. We're always on the wheel. We're always being made better. But this was just at that specific season of being formed you know, those hours of prayer at night, those, those mornings in study that, that it was hard. I felt broken a lot of times. I felt alone a lot of times, but that purpose was just keeping me driven and keeping me hungry. You know, it, it, 
I probably did more extended fast then than I ever have. Um, I, I can remember multiple three days, 14 days, 20 day fast that would come out of those, those seasons because I was just so hungry because I just felt that hand. So in that season where you feel like you're going through that hard time, I would say, keep the purpose in the center and realize maybe God is shaping you then. Maybe God is strengthening you then. Maybe God is forming you right then at that moment to, to be used greater than you've ever been used before. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And, you know, I, I can look back in my life and I think of, uh, you know, certainly a couple different times and seasons where it was difficult in the moment and, my encouragement to anybody listening, and I think we would both echo this together, is you know, don't be afraid to lean into those moments. You don't always understand what God is doing, but but take advantage of those times to the best of your ability. And the other thing I'll say is even in times, you know, I think we've probably both had times where we had questions and difficulties and whatever, and we wrestled with with big things, but I never stopped being faithful to the house of God. Absolutely. And and even when I didn't feel it the faithfulness it kept me right absolutely and and i and even just being a part of a church family gave me a sense of that purpose and so it, i think it's so easy sometimes when we have questions or maybe we're wrestling with like you know does god care or is god for me whatever whatever the big question is sometimes we can use that as an excuse to well maybe it's not important that i'm i'm faithful or that i go or right um but don't let that be your excuse to walk away. Stay in the middle, even when you don't necessarily feel it. Stay, stay involved. And, and at the other end of that season, you look back and you're going to be so thankful that you did. You know, I, I think about John the Baptist, who he was in prison, right? Right. He, did, he was a forerunner of Christ. He had a purpose. He had a, a powerful calling spoken over him, you know, before he was even conceived. And so here's this, this great guy. Um, you know, Jesus said, there's none greater uh, born among women than John the Baptist. I mean, yeah. this is premier stuff, right? <laughs> um, but John finds himself in a prison at the end of his life, and he's wrestling with major doubts. But what I think is is awesome about John is that he took his questions and his doubts in this difficult season, he took it back to Jesus. Absolutely. He brought his questions to Jesus, and he allowed the the wrestling, the questions, the struggle to draw him closer to God as opposed to allowing it to be That's a wedge a great that, point. that separated him. So. You know, I, I would encourage anybody listening, you know, that if you find yourself in a season like that, like Paul and Silas, like John, like Joseph in the prison, don't allow it to be something that causes that root of bitterness to be a wedge between you and Jesus, but but bring your questions, bring your struggles to the feet of the master and, and allow it to draw you in. So, man, that's awesome. I'm so grateful for your for your uh, your discussion, your talk, what, what you shared today. And, um, you know, I think... Uh, I think I'll give you the the last word today. I'll just let you close this. If you want to say a word of prayer or just kind of send us out with a word of encouragement, just just uh, I'll I'll shut up now. I, can I say that? I don't know, but uh, I'll stop talking and I'll just let you go ahead and uh, and say farewell to all of our listeners. Yeah, um, you know, I think uh, if I could give just a last word of encouragement, I think what you just said about bringing it back to Jesus that's 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 an amazing point. Um, it's this, it, it, it was the very beginning before they ever encountered anything when that nagging thing that, that was going on in their surroundings, they didn't let it throw them off course. 
And we're all going to have that, that nagging thing in our lives. We're all going to have those struggles in our lives, but don't let it throw you off course and always take it back to that prayer closet where you can say, Lord, this, this is where I'm at right now. And, and that's where true internal revelation and insight comes. And that's where God's going to strengthen you to keep going. Even if it, even if it ends up in the prison or it ends up in, in the whipping post or the stocks and the bonds, you're going to be like, I have that, that internal strength while everything externally is going on around me. So if I could just send anybody with a word of encouragement, it's just, just keep going, you know, don't, don't stop keep your focus, keep your purpose centered, and and don't stop moving forward. Well, everybody, thank you so much for being with us today on the Youth Ministries podcast. Many thanks to you, and also many thanks to Brother Dylan Morgan for sharing with us today his insight and his passion for students. Before you go about your day, if you would just take a moment and do something that would help us immensely. We would appreciate it. If you would just rate this podcast, take a moment and perhaps review it, and certainly share it with a friend, somebody who you feel this episode will bless. We want to get the word out about what's happening here on the Youth Ministries Podcast, and you can be a part of that. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We encourage you to subscribe, and we hope you have a great day. God bless.